Welcome to the Victory Orlando podcast. We exist to reach people with the life-giving message of Jesus and to connect them with their purpose. To learn more about us, visit us at victoryorlando.com. Thanks for listening. We pray that you are encouraged and inspired by today's message. Amen. Well, we've been in our series, uh, Putting a Stop to Fear, uh, these last several weeks. And uh, we've been talking about this whole idea that fear, as a believer in Christ, fear doesn't have a place in our lives unless we give it place in our lives. But we live in a culture that wants to push fear on us, that wants to continually tell us that this is the way it should be, that this is normal, that fear is just part of life, and it's just not true. We know from Scripture that God did not give us a spirit of fear, So, but, but the fear comes and it wants to push it on us. It wants to come and pressure us and pressure us and push and push and push until the moment that we are finally given to it. See, I say it like this. We get to decide how much of a space fear has in our lives. We decide how much space fear has in our lives because we've been created without fear. If you've got your Bibles, you can see the Second Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says this. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity. So God did not give us a spirit of fear. If he didn't give us the spirit of fear, then there's only one other place it comes from. If God is not sending the spirit of fear, then the spirit of fear is being sent by our spiritual enemy, the devil, El Diablo. You know, he's got the red suit on with the horns and the pitchfork. You guys know who I'm talking about. He's our spiritual enemy, the devil. So Jesus told us what the devil's plan was. Why does the devil come? Why, what, what is his plan when he comes? John 10, Jesus said the devil comes to do three things, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. So if the devil is sending the spirit of fear to people to pressure them, to attack them, to try to influence them, to try to control their lives, then you can know for certain that that spirit of fear is not there to be your friend. It's not there to bring life to you. It's not there to, pr- to produce righteousness. It's not there to draw you closer to God. If it's coming from the devil, then it's coming to do one of three things or all of those three things, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And it, it's just so often that as Christians, as believers, as people, we believe the lie that fear is normal. And so we have people who talk about, you know, having nightmares, their kids having nightmares and panic attacks and all these things and, and worrying about this and, and, and all these things as if fear was normal. But I, I don't know about y'all, but if all that is normal, then I don't want it. Count me weird because all that normal isn't working right. Is people losing sleep over all these things, can't function, can't do all these things because of the spirit of fear that they've allowed to have control and a voice in their lives. And it's time for us as believers to turn down the volume of fear and turn up the volume of faith in our lives, right? We know that uh, we, we've been given the ability to do that. We get to decide that because we know the next part of the verse. So God didn't give us a spirit of fear. What did he give us instead? It says that he gave us his power, his love, and a sound mind. His power, his love, and a sound mind. So that means that we're not powerless. We're not just helpless. Oh, fear's coming at me. I just don't know what I'm going to do. No, listen, baby, you got some power in you. The same power that raised Christ from the dead is in you. 
He says he's given us his love. We know his love is it, what it does is amazing. His love is not just like a Cupid shot you in the butt with an arrow. No, God's love is a powerful force. It says that God's love has been poured out in our hearts. First John 4 then says that God's love drives out all fear. That's good news for us. So if we need to eradicate some fear from our lives, then we need to get a fresh revelation of the love of our Heavenly Father. Because He's a Father, a good Father to us, and He just, He loves us so much. He loves you so much. So we need to get a revelation of His love so that His love in us will drive out the fear. It's good for us. And we have a sound mind, so we have the ability to think through this. We don't have to be overwhelmed by fear and let it just overtake us. No, we have a sound mind that we can think logically, a clear mind that when something comes at us, we can discern. We can decide, is this from God or is this from the devil? Is this a spirit of fear or is this a spirit of faith? We have the sound mind. We have that ability. It's something that God has has given us, right? So we don't have to live like people without Christ that are consumed by fear, that are overtaken with worry, that are drowning in depression and panic. Like we hear it all the time. We hear it on social media, on the news and movies and music, people talking and all this stuff. We hear it all around us. We've just got to realize we can put a stop to it in our lives. It doesn't have to control us, right? And that's what fear wants to do. It wants to come and control us. And it just does it so subtly sometimes. You know what I mean? Like fear just comes in such subtle ways, and it's trying to influence us. And sometimes we don't even realize that the pressure is there. But what it's doing, what fear loves to do, is kind of slip in uh, unnoticed a little bit, get in there, start putting doubt, seeds of doubt in our heart, start putting pressure on us. And, you know, hey, they got the new car, and, uh, you know, the only way you're ever going to get one is if you go get an ex or even bigger car payment than the one you have because, you know, they're talking about you. They think you're not as good as they are. And, all this, and, and so fear is feeding our thoughts, feeding our thoughts. And until we put a stop to it, that pressure is building. And all of a sudden we start to feel more and more pressure to like, oh, well, I guess I should or I'm not as good as them. And, and then I won't be this. And how could I ever then? And then God could never use me and all this stuff. And it's this pressure that's slowly building. The interest interesting thing is that what uh, that we need to ask ourselves is is that when pressure is applied to our lives what comes out when pressure is applied to us what comes out um one of the things i love to do um because i'm working on my health trying to get more healthy and it's somebody and i love to i go to the store and i'll buy some lemons and i'll cut them up i'll squeeze them out i'll put some of the lemon juice in my bottles of water i'll drink one of those every day trying to be more healthy and so uh, what's interesting as i was doing that this week is that when i squeeze this lemon what's going to come out lemon juice <laughs> i asked in the first service and some somebody said lime juice i was like no no when I squeeze, if, if lime juice comes out of this lemon, I ain't drinking it, right? If something other than lemon juice were to come out of this lemon, then we shouldn't drink it. But when I squeeze this lemon, lemon juice is coming out. It, it's, it's coming out all over. It, it, same thing when I were to take this, this lime that I've got right here. I did some a sermon prep on Saturday night, got them pre-cut and got them ready to go. If I were to take this lime and I were to squeeze it, what would come out? Lime juice. We'd expect it. Why? Because it's a lime. That's what's going to come out. Let's find out. I squeeze the lime. Lime juice is coming out of there. Anybody want to taste it and verify? No? Okay. But when I squeeze this lime, lime juice is coming out. Now, is my hand that's applying the pressure determining what's coming out of this lime? No. It's 
what, what's determining this, what's coming out of the slime is what's on the inside. The contents of the slime determine what comes out regardless of the pressure. If I were to take it and step on it, what would come out? It would still be lime juice. So the pressure in of itself is not determining what's coming out. The same is true in our lives. When pressure is applied, it's not the pressure's fault that anger and jealousy came out of us. It's that was inside of us. So it's the contents of what's inside of us. When pressure is applied is what's going to come out. So when our neighbor's got that car and we want it, you know, and then the pressure's applied and fear is coming and somebody else got the promotion that we wanted or whatever it was and the pressure is applied, what comes out? Is it envy? Jealousy? A self-defeating mindset? Oh, I could never do that. What's coming out of us is what's on the inside of us. So if we want to change what's coming on the outside of us, coming out of us, then we got to change what we put inside of us. we got to change it because we can't just keep, keep putting the same stuff in us and expect something else to come out of us. It doesn't matter how long I could stand up here and squeeze this lime and say, you're going to be a lemon. You're going to be a lemon. Here comes some lemon juice. Here comes some lemon juice. Guess what? Still lime juice. Still lime juice. Like, we've got to change what we put inside of us if we want something different to come outside of us. If we're tired of the outbursts of anger, if we're tired of the thoughts of, of rage and of jealousy and all those things, it's time for us to fill ourselves up with something different than that. Amen. I'm preaching good today. When we're squeezed, what's coming out? The good news is we get to decide. We have the ability to change it. So it's not a it's not. We don't have to feel condemned about it like, I guess I'm just not a good person because I lose my temper sometimes. No, that's the devil. Scripture tells us that we've been given the ability, everything that we need, so we have the ability to change what's coming, on the, uh, coming out of us. Let's look in the Bible so you, believe, you, see, you don't have to just believe just me. 2 Peter chapter 1, we'll start in verse 2. If you've got your Bible, you can turn there. If you've got your YouVersion Bible app, you can download that for free. You pull that up, and I'll see your smiling, beautiful face this morning while you're reading. It says this, verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. I love that part right there. It's just good to know that God wants grace and peace multiplied to you. And, and it's not just added to you. God is a God of more than enough, so he's going to multiply some things in your life. Grace and peace. Anybody need a little extra grace and peace in your life? I know. I do. Like, he's telling us this is, God wants us to have multiplied grace, multiplied peace to us, but how do we get it? As we have knowledge of God and of Jesus. How do we have knowledge of God and Jesus? It comes through his word. So if I want to have grace and peace multiplied in my life, I need to grow in my knowledge of who God is. Right? That's good for us. So he goes on. He says, his divine power has given us all things. Everybody say all things. all things. Is that just some things? Is it just the little things? No, it's all things. He's given us all things that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his glory and virtue. So he's given us all things, everything that we need to live this life and then to live it in a way that pleases him. That's the godliness part, right? The part that pleases him. So he's given us everything that we need so we know we have the ability to do whatever he's asked us to do. We know we have the ability to change what we're putting inside of us to make some different decisions because he's given us everything that we need. He goes on. He says, so how do we get everything that God has for us? How do we get access to that next verse? He says, by which we've been given exceedingly great and precious promises that through these, everybody say through these, 
It's through these great and precious promises. You may be a partaker of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Does everybody know what it means to partake? When I partake of something, it becomes part of me, right? So in a few weeks, we're going to partake of Thanksgiving dinner. Praise the Lord. And I'm going to eat, and I partake of that, and then it becomes part of who I am. So he's saying that through the promises of God, through the scriptures, when we will partake or who God is, then becomes part of who we are. Isn't that good news? And I, I love this next part. He says, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. But, man, for our purpose today, what if we swapped out that word corruption for fear? We could, when we partake of God's divine nature through the promises of God, we can escape the fear that's in the world. We can escape the greed that's in the world. We can escape the jealousy and the anger and the hatred that's in the world. It's good news for us. Is it's through the promises of God. So today, the word of the Lord is this, is we need to begin to pray the promises. Praying the promises we want to talk about today. Praying the promises. So I want to show you guys a, a quick video of, of a close friend of mine. His name is Jeff. And just his journey, his story, and his battle with fear and anxiety. Let's check it out on the screens. I suffered in silence for so many years. The isolation is the worst. Dread and fear and torment consume me. Uh, my journey really began as a young child. Um, I struggled a lot with, with anxiety and worry. I remember as a young child finding a, a, a spot on, on my side, and I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. And I, and I really, for days, contemplated death. And I, I kind of I blew it off, and I thought, well, it's probably somewhat normal. But as, as time progressed throughout my life, I began to realize that I really struggled with anxiety. Six years ago, I began to have the debilitating uh, panic attacks. Whether I was in the car, whether I was walking in the hallway, or wherever I was, or sometimes sitting at my desk at work, and a thought would come, you're going to die right here. The types of fears I had were medical fears, fears of, of having a disease. I was fearful of someone breaking in the house and killing me, and I had trouble driving my car. I mean, panic would instill in me, and I literally would have to pull over, walking down the hallway. I would be walking along, and all of a sudden, it would just be a thought of, you know, you're going to pass out right here. You're going to, everybody's going to find out who you really are, and you're a fool. I was embarrassed. I, I was embarrassed to tell other people what I was going through, and that's why I didn't tell people. And I thought, people aren't going to understand. And I would, I would begin over time, there were some times where I would begin to share with someone a little bit about it. And they'd go, oh, you know, just, just deal with it and you'll be fine. But it wasn't. I was sitting there at church and I mean, a panic attack came. And I mean, my palms were sweating, my heart was racing. The best way to describe it is that fear so strong, you've got to, you've got to leave. I thought I was dying. And I told my wife, I said, honey, I have got to get out of here. I mean, I have got to go. It, it's extremely difficult for me to talk about my son just because he was around three or four years old at the time. And I remember trying to go to a video store and walking up to the counter and trying to check out. And I couldn't. And it sounds stupid, but 
I, I had a panic attack at that time with him there. And I remember having to, to run to the bathroom with him with me. And uh, it really, it really bothered me. Like, what is wrong with me? I can't even be a father to my son because this stuff has gotten so bad. Here I was a father, and I couldn't really be a father because I, I couldn't function the way I wanted to function. And I remember that day being in that bathroom with that door shut, humiliated, and I thought, there, there has to be a way out. There has to be. This cannot be my life. I just, I just wanted it to, to stop. <laughs> I suffered in silence for so many years. I finally came to the point where I, I told my wife, I, I said, honey, here's what's going on. I'm having anxiety attacks and I'm struggling and I need help. You, you've got to do one of two things, either take me to the hospital or have someone come pray for me. I'd spent years telling no one that I finally opened up and I finally told somebody what I was going through and they prayed for me and it was like something broke inside of me that night. A lot of people say, you know, I know you had panic attacks and, and now you're better, but tell me how you did it. How, how did you get set free? I always tell people it's the Word of God. The Word of God truly became alive to me. Second Timothy 1.7, for God has not given me a spirit of fear, but he's given me a spirit of power and of love and a calm and a well-balanced mind. That's where I got my peace. I have three by five index cards, and I would write down those verses on those three by five index cards. I began to speak it, and I began to read it over and over and over. Uh, you know, First Peter 5, 6, and 7, cast your cares upon the Lord, and I, Philippians 4, 6, and it says, do not be anxious for anything. And I know we've heard it before, but faith does come by hearing, and that's what I just began to meditate. I began to speak it, and it was when I would hear my own mouth speak those scriptures, that's when the peace would come. It was not an instant thing for me being set free. It was not. I've got to stay in the Word. I still meditate on the Word of God, and I still speak the Word. That is what got me free, and that is what keeps me free. Come on, let's give God some praise. God is good, amen. I was talking with my friend Jeff this week uh, when I lived in Tulsa. We became really close friends, and so I was texting him this week and just telling him, hey, I'm going to show your video in church. And uh, he was just, uh, he just, man, started texting me back, man, these scriptures and these scriptures. And, and man, I'm just telling you, it's real. It really works. And it can really work in your life, too. And so I just encourage you, man, um, just like he said, that, this is I, I stole the idea for these scripture cards that we've been giving out from him. I'm so thankful. Um, you know, it, it's, just, it's just true. It's just getting the word of God to be a regular part of our lives and allowing it to do what it can do. You know, Hebrews says that the Word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any, any two-edged sword. It goes in and divides between soul and spirit. What that means is that it's just helping us to see what's God and what's not. That's what it's doing. That's what the Word of God does. So I encourage you, man, we've got to begin to allow the promises of God, the precious and exceedingly great promises that we have, allow them to work in our lives. Um, this last week, I had to put this to practice in my life 
you know, leading up to Fall Festival. There was a lot going on. We we're uh, working hard. My wife uh, works at the, is on staff at the church, same as me. And so we've been working hard. And um, Friday, I was working late at the team center. And she texts me. She hadn't been feeling well that day. Um, and she texts me. And she's like, I'm having a lot of pain. I really think I need to go in. Anytime my wife says I need to go in, that's a big deal because she does not like to go in. And so she said this to me. And so, man, instantly I just I got in the car, I drove home, we're driving to the hospital. But, <coughs> excuse me, as soon as I got that message, you know, fear started coming at me. And I'm sharing this with you because, uh, 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 you know, I want you to know, like, fear comes at everyone. No one is immune. It's not, fear coming at you is not the problem. It's what we do with it. Do I allow it to have space in my life? So I get this message. I'm driving home. We're driving to the hospital. Man, and fear is coming at me. And if you, you if all know, you've experienced this before. Fear doesn't come, like, easy. It just it doesn't want to kick back and watch TV with us. Like, it's coming hard. It's coming hard. And fear was coming at me, just bringing crazy thoughts. Like, you know what? She's probably going to die. You're going to grow up. You're going to be alone. And, you know, then, you know, how are you going to pay your bills? You're probably going to have to move out of your house and move into a tiny apartment. You're not going to have any money. Your daughter is going to grow up without a mom. She's going to be angry at God her whole life, you know, and, and it's, it's just it's going to be terrible. What are you going to do then? There's this fear going on in my mind, and I'm driving fast. My heart rate is getting faster and breathing heavy. My breathe app on my watch is like, take some deep breaths right now. You know, because fear wants to seem so real. It wants to seem so certain, so matter of fact. This is how it's going to play out, and you're just stuck. Sorry. And it's just not true. But here I was, you know, I was struggling with these thoughts. We get to the hospital. They're doing all these tests and stuff. And I am still struggling. The thoughts are just coming at me hard, you know, just coming. And I'm, I'm trying to be strong. I got, I got to be strong. You better be strong. You better keep it together for your family. You know, they need you right now. And if you're not strong, if you, you know, like if you fall apart, then everything's, just, then everything's lost. You know, you're the man of God in the house. And then what's everyone going to think? You know, like fear is coming. Like it doesn't care who you are, what you believe is coming to take us out. It's coming to kill, steal, and destroy so here I am, I'm struggling alone. And, you know, I believe that is one of the tactics of our spiritual enemy. We have to be more aware of this, that the enemy wants to get us alone. He wants to get us isolated by whatever means, by pride of being like, well, I'm strong enough. I can take it. I need to be like, can I tell you, like, that's not strength. Being strong and struggling alone is not strength. That's, that's the enemy isolating you, getting you separated. See, I think sometimes they, our spiritual enemy, the devil, understands the power of agreement more than we do. Because we're so quick to shut people off, to isolate, to hide things, and, and wounds and scars, and, and hide things no one can know. Everyone needs to know. You know, it's like when you're yelling in your car, but when you roll onto the church parking lot, all of a sudden, <laughs> how you doing today? Blessed. I'm blessed. I'm good. And now listen, I'm all for confession, but I'm also for like confession. Like scripture says, confess your sins to one another so that you can find healing. So covering things up, not letting anybody see, not letting anybody know where you're hurting, where you're struggling, that like it's not going to produce health. It's not going to bring healing. I'm sitting there struggling. I'm struggling alone. What did, what did uh, Jesus say? I was reminded of those words, Matthew 18. He said, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth, so he's not talking about in heaven one day when we're all beaten. No, he's talking about on earth. If two people on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. 
agreement. There's power in agreement. It says, for where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm right there with them. So no wonder the devil wants us to get us isolated. No wonder he wants us off by ourselves because he knows when I'm by myself, there's no power there because I can't agree with anybody. But the moment that two people come together, take some, like are, are daring enough, like I got to be open about some things. I got to let you know where I'm struggling, where I'm hurting. The moment we can get in agreement and begin to pray about something, boom, there's power there. And the devil knows he stands no chance. He stands no chance. So here I am in this car and in this hospital room struggling with the thought, how am I going to be a single dad and raise my daughter? My wife's probably going to die from this and whatever it is. The doctor comes in. We don't get a great diagnosis. We want to keep you. Probably going to have to have uh, surgery. It's not going to be good, all this kind of stuff. Guess what? The fear is still coming. My wife is sitting in this, uh, on this bed struggling with the same type of thoughts alone. We're feet apart from each other, struggling with fear alone. So we're sitting there. We get checked into the hospital room, and the Holy Spirit speaks to me. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit will correct us. We have to be open to that. He says, hey, what have you been preaching about these last couple weeks? He says, why don't you put it into practice? I had to be willing to receive that correction. So I did. I was like, okay, I probably better should. So I just, I looked at Heather and I was like, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with some fear right now. This is what's going on. And we just grabbed hands and we started to pray. We began to speak the word of God, what we knew to be true, what God's truth is. We began to speak it out and pray together. And can I tell you, in that moment, everything changed. Now, if you walked into the room, if you walked into that room right after we were done praying, you would look at the situation and say, nothing changed. Because the diagnosis was the same. Everything was the same. There was still the beeping and the IVs and all that kind of stuff. They were still wanting to do surgery and all these things. It didn't look like anything changed, but everything in us changed. Like everything changed for us in that moment. We began to stop seeing with fear, stopped allowing fear to run wild in our situation and control us. We begin to let the faith, the word that was in us, faith come alive and begin to be our controlling factor. And we begin to see things more clearly and be like, no, this isn't right. What? Like this, like, we begin to put the pieces together of what was happening. So long story short, we, we get out of the hospital. We, you know, we go through the weekend and we get a couple days down the road and she's still having some pain. So we go back to the doctor and he's checking us out. She's, she, you know, she's on some medicine. And wouldn't you know, uh, the doctor comes back and he's like, I don't know what they were talking about. You are perfectly healthy. You're perfectly clear. Everything is good. Can we give God some praise? And so, I, you know, I, sh I share that because, hey, I want you to know she's healthy and she's doing good. And she's doing, you know, much better. She's been taking her medication and everything is, everything is good. Praise the Lord. But also because we've got to know how to respond to some things. And when fear comes, like we need to be ready and equipped to put a stop to it. Because it's, it, it's, it's one thing, like, in a moment to have, to like, God delivers us from something, but then we've got to be ready to walk it out. It's the day in, it's the day out, right? So I can be set free from something, but then if tomorrow I just go right back to it, I, I've got to be ready. I've got to be equipped to walk out the freedom that Christ has given me. That's what I love about my friend Jeff's story. He was like, it wasn't an instant thing for him. It was a day in and day out. It took him 
doing some work, getting into the word, memorizing it, speaking it, making the cards, having it with him. Whenever he would feel those things come back, nope, the word of God is true. Let me get my cards out and go back to it. It took him doing some things, and now I can tell you, because I, I, I'm close friends with him. Like, man, the man is free. He walks free from here, and now he's using his life to help bring freedom to other people, to help other people. And that's that's the that's God's plan, that we would get free from some things so that we could go to other people that are around us in our lives who also need to be free from some things like that's why we've been given freedom so it's so important for us that we understand like the way that we get free is through the word and the way that we stay three free is through the word of God it's through the promises of God um, I was as we were going through this whole process the the Lord reminded me of something I heard growing up and it was this this phrase you need to take the word of God like a medicine you know, when she was, she was there, they gave her some medicine. It comes in these little bottles like this, you know, and um, this one's empty because she's done taking it. But, uh, you know, with medicine, the interesting thing about it is we can know the medicine is good. It's probably going to help us. You know, it's going to probably help get rid of the disease or whatever is going on, help us feel better. We can know that it's good, but if I just leave that medicine there on my nightstand and I just look at it every day, hi, medicine, thanks for being good, glad you're working. And I never take it. It's just a bottle of potential that will never work in my body. It's the same with the word of God. We can know that it's a good book. I know this is God's book. I know, I know it's good. I know it has some good stuff in there, some good stories, some good sayings, some, some good things for me. I know it's good. It looks good. I even got it on my phone. I carry it around on an app. I got it with me. But if I just, just always leave it there, it's good. Maybe I, I open it up sometimes so I don't feel as bad about myself. I checked off that box today, and I just, it's a good book. Thanks, God. Guess what? Then it's just a bunch of potential that's sitting there that never will take, take root in my life and produce. Like the word of God is alive and powerful. And if we'll begin to take part of it and allow it to become part of us, then it will begin to change us and how we think. And it will begin to change the things that we see happening around us. See, too often we want to see the things change on the outside, but we don't want to first change the spiritual side. We have to be willing to change what's happening spiritually so that we can see the effects of it in this natural physical world. But it starts by changing things in the spiritual realm first. That's why victory comes when we begin to get in agreement. I changed something spiritually. I got into agreement with another person. Right? We begin to pray. Things begin to change. I begin to speak the word. And then faith begins to be built up on inside of me. And then I can begin to see things in a different way. I change things in the spiritual realm. And then I see things changing in the natural realm. So how do we take the word like medicine? Because don't go home and tear out the pages of your Bible and try to swallow them. I don't need, please don't get ink poisoning. Okay? Don't do that. If you need fiber, there's other ways to do it, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> how do we take the word like medicine then i'm going to give you a couple things real quick for you to, to write down if you miss these they'll be on the podcast and the video later first one is we got to begin to read it we got to open the pages got to make it a regular habit to begin to read it. if i'm going to take the word like medicine i got to know what's in there i got to read the pages the second one is i need to begin to speak it i need to begin to say it out loud not just let it be dormant on the page but begin to let it be words that come out of my mouth 
I got to speak it. I got to begin to memorize it. I got to commit it to memory. How do I hide the word in my heart? I got to memorize it. I got to know it so that when I'm squeezed, when moments of pressure comes, when anything comes at me, what comes out of me is the word. The God's word, the God's spirit comes out of me. I got to memorize. Then I can begin to pray it. I can begin to pray the scriptures. And then when I begin to pray it, I can begin to act in faith on it. I've got to read it. I've got to speak it. I've got to memorize it. I've got to pray it, and I've got to act in faith. That's why we've been doing these scripture cards like this. I've got a new one for you today. If, if you've missed a couple weeks and you need to get the ones you've missed, they've got those out there. If you've missed all the weeks or you're new, I've got a full set for you. Come on, somebody. We've been doing this the last several months. You can get a full set right out there at that Get Involved table on your way out. Make sure you get those today. What do we do? We've been keeping it with us. We've been saying them out loud every day. The one today, Psalms 121, verse 7 and 8. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and and forever. So when I begin to pray the word, I begin to just, I just begin to pray what the word says. Lord, I thank you. You keep watch over me. I thank you, God, that you keep watch over the life of my wife and my daughter and my family. Lord, I thank you. You're keeping watch as we come and go every place that we go. As Bella's at school today, as Heather and I are working and driving to different places, you're keeping watch over us both now and forever. I'm just, I'm, I'm praying the word. It's not anything fancy. Sometimes we make prayer more than what it is. Oh, I'm not a good prayer. I just, I just, I'm not very good at it. I don't even know if it's working. Uh, James 5 says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much. It does, it's effective, right? So how do we get our prayers to be more effective? Anybody want, just me, okay. I guess I'm preaching the right message today. If we want our prayers to be more effective, Man, let's begin to pray the word of God. Just like, like prayer is just communication with our Heavenly Father. It's just communication with Him. So it should not be restricted to a time when I, you know, lock myself in a closet and it's just me and Him. Like, we need those moments. But it's also like when I'm in a meeting. It's also when I'm driving on traffic, baby. You know what I'm saying? There's extra prayer time right there. It's all the time. It's when I'm at the grocery store. It's when I'm, you know, whatever, at a, a sporting event. Like, communication is just prayer is prayer, is communication with our Heavenly Father. There's times where I'll be in conversations with people, talking about whatever. And I'll, like, I don't know what to say. God, what, what do you want me to say? What, how do I need to respond? And can I just tell you, there's never been a time where he hasn't given me something to say, something I couldn't have thought of on my own. Like, it's just communication. It's involving him in the process of our lives. So we don't have, knowing that, we don't have to give in and live in the world of fear and confusion and chaos that the rest of the world chooses to live in. We choose to live in the peace of God, putting a stop to the fear in our lives. Isaiah chapter 53, uh, 54 verse 13 says this. It says, all your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness you shall be established, you shall be far from oppression, you shall not fear, and far from terror, for it shall not come near you. So what would it look like if we begin to pray that scripture over our family every morning? It doesn't have to be like this big King James prayer. Dearest, heavenliest, fatherest. Like, if that's how you like to pray, that's good too. But that's just not how I, you know, that's, that's not how I talk. So I just talk to him like I talk. I throw in some babies and they're like, what's up, baby? You know, you doing all right today? This is how I talk. So it's like, you know, I just be, Lord, thank you that my, all my children are taught of you. I thank you. Great is Isabella's peace today. So, so help her today, God, because she's going to school, and some people there are crazy, and they're, little, you know, like, so help her have peace today. <coughs> Excuse me. Like, what it would look like if we begin to pray this over our families and speak this out. 
I mean, I, we, we did this with Isabella growing up because we heard so many of our, our Christian friends talking about their kids having nightmares and just how that was normal. And, you know, you, well, you just have to expect it. Why would I expect my child to have nightmares? So we just did some things differently. We just decided, no, we don't want her to struggle with having nightmares. Like, that doesn't have to be the case. Shyness and timidity, fear in our kids, like, that shouldn't be commonplace. It's time for us as believers to eradicate that, stop giving our children an inheritance that isn't theirs. Our children have an inheritance from their heavenly father, and he's not given them a spirit of fear. He's given them the same power, love, and a sound mind he's given us. So what we did with Isabella is we got a hold of a, a CD called No Fear, and we put it on an iPod, and we were just playing it lightly in her bedroom while she was sleeping. And you know what? Can I tell you, she didn't, she didn't have nightmares. But, what, she, but she has the Word of God inside of her today. Like, and I'm not saying that to brag or to put anything on anybody, but other than saying, like, hey, we don't have to accept the things the world says is normal. We don't have to accept fear as commonplace. We can put a stop to it if we'll allow the Word of God to work in us, if we'll take the Word of God like a medicine. Like, so I'm going to give us some scriptures today. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. If you felt like, man, I don't know how to pray. What if God doesn't listen to me? I'm not very good at praying. I wish I could pray better. This is for you. It says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. Did you know you can have confidence when you come to God? When you begin to pray, you can have confidence in that. How do we have confidence? It says this. It says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. God hears you when you pray. And here's the next part. If we know that he hears us, then whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. So if God is listening when we pray, we know he's going to give us what we ask for when we pray. But what did that first part say? If we pray according to his will. Well, that's where a lot of people get tripped up. Well, how do I know God's will? I'm just trying to figure out what he wants me to do every day. Listen, God's will, it's simple. God's will is his word. Simple. God's will is his word. So if we want to pray according to his will, then we can just begin to pray the scriptures and we're praying according to his will. Then we know he hears us. We know he's going to do whatever he said, whatever we asked him of, right? And like we can have confidence in it. We can have confidence in praying that it doesn't have to be a big ritualistic thing. No, it's just I'm just, I'm praying the word. I'm praying what he's given me. So the question is, where has fear tried to attack you? And we need to take the word like a medicine. What area of your life, what area of your thinking, what area of your believing has fear tried to come in, take root, influence your life and we need to begin to take the word like medicine. I want to give us some scriptures today. I'm going to go through them real fast. So if you if one of these stands out to you, write it down, take note of it. Maybe you have fear of sickness or disease coming on you or a loved one. Isaiah 53 5. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. Man, you can know 100% of without a doubt. Man, when we begin to pray according to the scripture, man, God's going to hear us. We'll have what God promised. Maybe you struggle with anxiety, feeling anxious. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, 
which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Man, if fear comes at you and you worry about your kids, you worry about your families, today's scripture card. Psalms 121, verse 7 and 8. The Lord keeps you from all harm, watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. So whatever situation you find yourself in that's trying to pressure you, that's trying to influence you, that's trying to control you, that's trying to rob you of peace, man, allow the Word of God to work. Let it take root in our lives. Maybe you struggle with something happening to family members or a loved one. Psalms uh, Proverbs 3, verse 25, have no fear of sudden disaster or of the ruin that overtakes the wicked. For the Lord will be at your side, baby, and he will keep your foot from being snared. Maybe you struggle with not sleeping well. Proverbs 3, 24, when you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. You can have sweet sleep. I'm just telling you, there's something in the Bible for everything that we face. There's a promise that God has given us that if we'll grab a hold of it, it'll become life and health to our body. Uh, Proverbs 4 tells us that. He says, I, I, Lord, help me to pay attention to your words. Let me listen closely because your words in them are life and health to the body. It can bring health and life to our body the same way that when fear gets out of control in us, we begin to get sweaty and our hearts get out, you know, uh, beating faster sometimes. I don't know if your stomach ever gets upset when you feel like to feel angry. Like, same way the Word of God can then produce health and life on the inside of us, right? So what, 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 did, what did he say? I've not given you fear. I've given you power. I've given you love, and I've given you a sound mind. Why don't we just all across this room jump to our feet right now, just begin to declare the Word of God. Let it become alive inside of your heart right now. Lord, we thank you for your Word, that it's working, that it's alive, that it's powerful. So right now, Lord, we, by faith, we take hold of your promises. We thank you for your Word, that it is not dead, that it is alive that it's working in us so god we i ask right now that your word would come and let it divide between what's what's you and what's not speak to us god i thank you that in this moment right now lord god that fear is being cast out 